Platform Play Podcast, the Die Hard Heat Basketball Fan Podcast. We got all five of us locked in tonight. AC, we got a new logo, right? We got a we new, got logo. new logo, baby. The, you know, the Duke Basketball Program over the last, you know, two years has taken a real facelift. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They took a look at themselves in the mirror and said, you know what, we need to do things a little bit differently to keep ourselves here to get to here. And... AC, you know, we kind of took a look in the mirror, and I know you have no problem doing that, right? You love, you love to look in the mirror, right? But um, we took a look in the mirror and said, you know, <laughs> we said that, you know, we need some fresh blood in here to take this thing to the new to the next level. Mm-hmm. Talk about the new logo and talk about, you know, what we have in store. Give the, give the people a little bit of a taste, pause, of what we have in store for them coming up over the next few months. Look, man, big changes are happening with the Five Point Play podcast, right? Number one, thank you, DC4L Customs, for the, hey, like, I'm wearing an IDGAF shirt. He hit us up with the logo, set us up very nicely. We're going to put his link in the uh, description. Look, a lot, lot of changes happening, right? I, I don't want to get, I, I want to still want some of it to be a little bit surprised. So, we, so we, we got some stuff coming for you guys. But, yeah, we, like you said, we took a look in the mirror and said, hey, we can't just do a podcast. We got to keep doing more. So we added the video. Now we got the logo. Now we got some more stuff coming. Websites, everything else. Pot, merchandise, baby. I said we got the merchandise up there. So y'all can go to DC4L shop, search five point play podcast, follow the link that's in our Twitter, all that, all the above. You can get the you can get the five point play merchandise, man. And it's yeah. just it's all for us to be able to keep this podcast running for y'all, man. Like we're not doing this to make money. We're not out here trying to make make a grip. We're not out here doing any of that. We're out here trying to just keep things rolling for, for the Duke faithful and, and the five point play five point fam. Yeah, no doubt. Well, I mean, well, when we started this AC, you and me, it was um, two diehard fans mm-hmm. that wanted to chop it up. And they're still mm-hmm. where we are. We just brought, you know, three more fans it's with us. Terrible microphones. Terrible <laughs> microphones. I got one still holding up on, on you know, on a candle here. Um, so we we never forget where, where we came from. But at the same time, we're still diehard fans that that really want to um, kind of share what we know. We got we're blessed to have a you know a couple of insiders that that talk to us and give us a little bit of information. So, Pablo, I'll start with you here to, to pick things off tonight. Flory uh, has been rumored to uh, be announcing. I've heard as early as Saturday, but it could be pushed back. I know that we talked about him in, in the last couple podcasts of the summer series. Has anything changed with you? Do you still feel like it's Duke? Do you feel like, you know, Kansas may have made a push there at the very end and they may be the leaders now? Because I've read everything where it could be either, but, you know, who knows? What are you hearing? Yeah, because he plays for an Adidas AAU team, so now Kansas is the leader, whatever. Good point. <laughs> yeah, well, I can tell you that Kansas isn't the leader. That's what's up. Get him. Get him. And, and that's just the bottom line. So um, from everything I know, you know what I'm saying, he should be committing anywhere from now until you know next week's uh next next couple weeks or whatever so and i i've just i've heard a couple different things but um at the end of the day i don't care when he commits as long as he commits you know what i'm saying so that's it as far as uh anybody being a leader it uh, def duke is definitely the leader in that recruitment and they have been since they got you know involved with him uh-huh. yeah pablo I'll, I'll keep it with you for just a second before we move on um one thing that i've subscribed to as long as I've been, you know, following recruiting is the last minute smoke screens. AC, you and I talk about that all the time and have for years. Do you think that this kind of last minute, all the chatter going back, oh, now Kansas is the leader? It could just be a smoke screen that's coming out. Because we haven't really heard anything from from him yeah. that would lead us to believe differently that it's not Duke. Yeah. Do you think that, that could be the case? Yeah, so I mean, you know that those kind of those type of things happen, and that's that's basically what I see it as being is just a just a smoke screen, man. I mean, you know, they do that with a lot of different recruitments, and like the Cooper flag thing would be the same way. You know, I've seen no articles, articles UConn or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, come on, man. 
but uh, we we know the real. You know what I'm saying? We know what's about to happen. It's in at this point. So yeah. glory to Duke. Yeah, so you're you're willing, to, you're you're willing to put your your Bull Durham subscription on the line. Absolutely. No doubt. No doubt. I, I had to put you on the spot. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, well, uh, does Flory follow you on Instagram, Jack? That's the most important part. Yes. Uh-oh. And there <laughs> it is. Um, all right. So there we go. That was the uh, the Flory update. Let's kick it over to the breaking news that has happened play. Uh, over the last 24 hours for Duke basketball. And Pablo, I'll keep it here with you again. Um, you know, you and I, the whole podcast here talked about who we thought might be that that extra bench coach. And I think Shire hit a home run here. It's a guy that none of us talked about. Did this kind of come out of left field for you hiring uh, out of Oklahoma, Emmanuel Gildy? I mean, did that come out of nowhere for you too, or did, was that something you had heard? Uh, no, so I didn't I didn't hear about his name or whatever, but, I mean, I, I have talked to uh, two guys that know him very well. And they said it's a it's an excellent hire, you know, and it did come from left field for me at least. But obviously, you know, they they interviewed him, so they thought that you know he was a, a good candidate. So everything I'm hearing is, is is great things, you know what I mean? And not and not that we need like another great recruiter because we have those, but having another one, it, it's not going to hurt, you know what I mean? So and I think he's a he's another coach too that's uh, that's really good at a as well. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, heard the same thing. D, I know you want to chime in here. Obviously, uh, a guy that came from Loyola, Chicago, but before that was with Chris Collins, a guy that we all love for multiple reasons. But, you know, one of the things that we talked about in the last podcast was Chris Collins would be a guy that I thought before Shire could have been the head coach. So anybody coming from that street to me has my blessing. But as Pablo said, phenomenal recruiter for all, for all intents and purposes. Sure. How do you feel about it? I feel great about it. I mean, I think when we talked about it originally, I said, you know, yeah, having a bench full of, you know, former brotherhood guys is cool, but that doesn't necessarily translate to a good coach. I'm, I'm, I, I actually am encouraged by the fact that he keeps looking outside of the brotherhood to get coaches because you don't want to dumb yourself down to, to such a small, pocket of of people you know what i mean and mm-hmm. i think he knows that and <clears throat> it's a slam dunk hire like you said he, he was mentored in in us in a way by colin so he knows the duke philosophy in a way but um to like argue what you thought tk i i was a shoe-in for shire when wojo and collins were there i, I thought k was going to be there for too long and i thought shire was the next in line Yeah, you see, I mean, where do you fall on that? Yeah, man, uh, I, I like him a lot. Number one, I like him because he has ties to the Chicago area. That's an area that John obviously has ties to, too. You got a lot of good ballers there. You got a lot of good ballers that have come to Duke from that area. So we kind of continue to maintain that pipeline. He's been, obviously, he's been to various places, Missouri, Oklahoma, uh, Northwestern. Did a bang-up job down in uh, Oklahoma and Northwestern um, most recently. And it just... And the fact that he was elevated to associate head number one, the fact that he was elevated to associate right, head yeah. coach, and then like three weeks later <laughs> took a job at Duke speaks to speaks to something. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> like we were talking about it beforehand, and Pablo brought it up. I mean, this this seems like him eventually being elevated to that same position whenever Jay gets a job and preparing for that to happen because obviously Emil leaving. I don't I don't think it caught John totally off guard, but I think it did kind of happen earlier than expected. And so now you got to kind of prepare for the same thing. Jay Lucas gets an offer he can't turn down. You got to have somebody to step up in this place. So here, this manual ability is a great opportunity for that. I don't, and it's interesting, man. He hasn't, I don't know that he's had a great shot at getting a head coaching gig since he's been kind of in the NCAA as an assistant. So, I mean, obviously this is, this is only going to make him more, more marketable as well. So we'll just have to keep the ball rolling after that, but it's a good hire, especially for the next two or three years at the very least. Yeah, Jack is a perfect tee-up because I, the first thing that I thought about when he went again outside of the family was I thought about Rachel Baker, I thought about Lucas, and I thought the same thing that kind of we all thought over the last you know year and a half of talking about how much of an impact Lucas has had in his, remember it's one year now that he's been there. We feel like he's been there for a while because of the impact that he's had, but to the AC's point, Jack, 
I kind of feel like John is seeing the writing on the wall with Lucas. He's going to be a head coach probably sooner than later. To me, this was a great hire for that reason alone. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy who is shooting through the coaching ranks at this point, uh, just like Jay. Dildy, he was, just like six years ago, this guy was an assistant coach on Loyola Chicago. And then that team ended up, you know, Final Four. He uh, he then he ends up with Coach Collins at Northwestern. He coached Pete Nance and Ryan Young, who back both, with Ryan, baby. Exactly a reunion, but the, those are both guys who become like very talented players. Um, I think especially Ryan Young playing significantly above his high school ranking at this point. Um, not to mention the recruiting, like he helped Chris Collins get the best Northwestern class in history, two top hundred prospects. That's incredible. He ended up going back with uh, Porter Moser, reuniting with him at Oklahoma. Um, Coach Jordan Goldwire there, another brotherhood shout out. Um, A lot of connections. All of them. But no, I think the craziest thing is, just like you guys said, he was the associate head coach. Like he was just named that. I think it was like five weeks ago. Yeah, and real quick before we move on too, sorry, Jack. Um, but no, you're good. It, it, no, but it just it speaks to like we we still went outside the brotherhood, right? But there's still connections, right? Because because so I think Jack, before you were talking about it before uh, before there's we said, uh, started the recording, right? Like, yeah, they were still looking for somebody else who also had significant Duke ties. So, like like D just said, different philosophies, everything else. You get to learn some other stuff outside of the family tree and all that. But then by the same token. They still understand and they know what Duke, the brand Duke is all about. Well, no, I was saying same philosophies. AC, okay. like uh, Coach K took on Bayheim to learn that zone mm-hmm. man concept, that box. Like, let's take this to the Olympics and bring it back to Durham. Like, I think John saw that some of that, and he's like, okay, let me let me take some of these dudes who who've got some some blood in Durham, but let's let their you know expertise sink in they have the same philosophy as me they believe the same shit as me so let me bring let me bring whatever they've learned outside of it in yeah i think that's a fair question pablo i want to ask you this that when it's kind of a deep question i guess because the more i think about it you know coach k really talked about when he basically said hey this is going to be my last year we're setting shire up for success and I'm going to stay out of the limelight. I'm not going to be around. I'm not coming to games. I'm going to let you run your program however you see fit. To me, the last three plus hires, four, I mean, I'm not going to count William Avery, but the reason I'm not going to count him, I'm going to count Lucas, Baker, and now Dilly. Like, I, I feel like the reason that Kay said that is like, hey, John, if you feel this way, you go run the program the way you feel like it's best to be run, regardless of me. Do you feel like Kay at the in the background now is like well done? Yeah, so no, I know that uh, you know, they got obviously they have a great relationship. Um you know, I mean he's you know, Kay is a is, is the GOAT, man. He's a he's a great leader, man. He understands when, you know, he needs to give his his soldiers time to grow and you know, and let them spread their wings. And so that's exactly what he's doing with John Shire. You know, he he, he handed it down to him. So now he's letting him do his thing. Not letting him do his thing, but he's watching him do his thing. And he's yeah. like, he's cheering he's cheering him on, man. He's cheering him on. He knows that John is gonna make right the right decisions. You know what I mean? And it's all about what John wants to do, not so much of, you know, what, what Coach K wants to do. And he understands that. So I think it's uh that's what we're seeing a product of, man. We're seeing some good stuff going on at uh, at Duke with John Shire. I agree with everything you guys said, but I also don't think for one second that Coach K has a special, you know, basketball, whatever, you know, one of those special titles that they give former coaches. You know what I mean? He's got his office in there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, RIP to my grandpa, but, like, even when he was alive, any decision I ever made, I would call him about it just to talk about it. He wouldn't tell me yes, no, maybe. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it wouldn't shock me if Shire's still running shit past K and and, no and, and, and like TK said, K sitting back like, mm-hmm. I raised that boy right. Yeah. No doubt. And, and K's probably telling him, it, like you said, AC, it's your program. Do what you need to do. 
but John's like, Hey, I've been thinking about doing this, you know, mm-hmm. and, and bringing this guy. Well, in what do you way. know about this guy or what do you know about him? Or maybe not especially even so in the much, coaching search. Yeah. I'm not, might, sure, I'm not even sure. Know, that deep. Maybe not that and, deep, but he, potentially, he, but my, he my point was, I, I think what you said is correct. He's letting John run that program. Mm-hmm. It was set up for success. You, you drive the ship. Here's the keys. But yeah, for sure. I also think that they talk like father and son would, you know, on a daily basis. And you'd be silly not to. Well, yeah. And, you know, he's running this past him and Kay's like, yeah, great, great resume. I'm sure Kay was probably able to give John some insight on, hey, they're looking for a meal in the league again. Like, I'm no doubt, those times, no doubt, you know what I mean? no doubt. That, that, but, I mean, even if John wasn't hearing it, then yeah, you brought, you brought, least, yeah. Kay, Kay for sure was hearing it. But, I, right. but I think he's just talking to Kay about it. Like, what sure. would you, you think this is a good idea? And I don't, I don't think Kay is necessarily like, no, don't do that, or yes, do that, or here's the guy you should hire, or whatever the case may be. I think he's just talking to him as a mentor, and that's it. Yeah, it, it's like, yeah, whatever, Kay's whatever, proud. you whatever you feel is best, I uh, support you. Like that to me was probably the message was. Um, he probably didn't say that. Yeah. No one cares. Jack, Jack, Jack had one thing too. He wanted to yeah, yeah, Jack, about. go ahead. I mean, first and foremost, I I completely agree with what D said. I think I think John is definitely running things by K. You know, he's he's still getting used to being a head coach. I'm sure he's been doing it for a year. Why not lean on someone who did it for almost fifty? Absolutely. Um, and also, like, I'm sure that K is incredibly supportive of this, just because. I mean, look at look at Kay. He it took him fifteen years at Duke to have a staff that was only Duke guys. Mm-hmm. The last time before this coming year that there were two assistants that did not have Duke as their alma mater was nineteen ninety five mm-hmm. with Bray and Gaudet. Yep. And then never so, again after crazy. that. <laughs> that's true. That's very true. Not, not even Bray, one after that. Bray left Bray before Bray 90, I thought Bray left Bray before ninety four. Before the Arkansas no. championship, but that's no, what he we'll was there. He, yeah, ninety-five. But you look at the guys that he had at that point. He had Bob Bender, who yes went to Duke, but mm-hmm. Kay knew him from when Kay was an assistant at Indiana. Yep. Bender transferred out of Indiana and into Duke, and graduated before Kay got uh, got to Durham. And he had like Tim O'Toole. He had Godet. He had Bray. Like he had a ton of guys for a very long time. And before he put it got to all those point. guys on, yeah, every single one of them was a head coach at one point or another in college. Like, I'm sure John's doing the same thing. He's finding his, he's finding his guys, whether or not they, whether or not they were Duke guys in the same way. Kay wasn't exclusively looking at his own guys at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think, think I ever had one of his former teammates. Matter of fact, yeah, I think the other point, uh, Jack, that is important to remember is that when Kay got there, I mean, obviously he always talks about you know Butters being the guy that always supported him. Pretty much outside of that, though, he didn't have the support. Where John mm-hmm. is coming in with a purpose support system that is already established, whether it's just Kay himself, but this you know the entire athletic department, the brand. The brotherhood, every single thing is behind him, and he's got the credibility being a phenomenal recruiter, player, all the above. So he's got a lot more to work with, and to his credit, he's using it. Whereas Kay, when he came in, it was like, "Hey, look, man, you're getting, kind of getting thrown to the wolves a little bit here. Um, you know, people wanted to fire you after year two, so you know it's a little bit different." But credit to both. Both sides of this, where Kay stuck to his guns, did what he needed to do. Shire is on the other side, bouncing things off Kay, but also trusting his instinct to be able to mm-hmm. feel free enough to go outside the family when it, when he needs to. Um, to talk about that all day, Ace, I want to kick it over to you for our next segment. Real quick. Next play. I didn't know you were in the habit of breaking news. I didn't realize <laughs> you, you did this. Uh, but uh, obviously... From where you sit there in Northern Virginia, trash. Um, <laughs> but where you sit there in Northern hey, Virginia, hey, hey. you kind of found out through the uh, through the tea leaves there that mm-hmm. Duke has their not so secret scrimmage against Villanova again. Yep. Talk about it. 
in the DC area again. I think it's going to be at the uh, the sports and convention center, whatever they call it, where the DC Go Go play again. That's where they had it last time. Um, the Armory? The Who play? <laughs> Wait, the Who play? The Wizards G League team. Yeah, Theo the G League was on it last year. Go-Go, right? City Go Go. I promise you, I thought roll in my head. I saw roller derby. I'm not even bullshit. It's like, Capital City Go Go. Sounds even Capital more City like a roller derby yeah, team. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's that's what Rollies. That's what Rollies is. But the shout out, shout out, Theo John. He was on the Go Go yeah. last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love Theo John. But I don't. I don't think they haven't disclosed what gym it's going to be in. I just. I'm, I'm assuming it would be in the same place so it was, as it was last time. But again, good scrimmage, good opportunity. Uh, we actually brought this up on Spaces earlier in the week a little bit. Um, just a, a good opportunity to play against a team that has has some returning guys back, a good mix of returning guys and freshmen. Villanova is gonna, you know, they're they're trying to sustain what they've been working on with Kyle Neptune and and make it better. So obviously for them, this is a no brainer um, to to make this move for them as well. So it seems like a decent partnership that we have going with them. So I'm sure we'll only continue with this. Yeah, and the other the other part about that. Oh, go ahead, Jay. I'm just mad they're not hosting it up here at Nova. <laughs> Come on. He's like two hours it's away, not, bro. It's not a home-and-home home exhibition. It's not a home-and-home yeah. home exhibition. It's probably a one of them a little bit of I could. It was at Houston last year in my defense. You'll be there at Houston last year. That's true. It was probably in like a, the local Houston YMCA. <laughs> All right. We got to move on here. All right. So <laughs> – Someone's got a cop in this, Pablo. If it's not me, who's going to do it? So uh, let's talk a little bit about the uh, two scrimmages that we've seen. Let's play. All right, Pablo. I know our group chat, which, by the way, is dynamic. We should probably do something there where we can let fans into our group chat, to be honest with you. Mm. Honestly, because like, the, the things that get through them, I'm serious, the things that go past our group what? chat. So many the things are changing. Is, uh, it's insane. So, <laughs> so I'm just many saying, things are changing. Uh, Pablo, uh, as usual, uh, the Duke social media is second to none, and they've been releasing a lot of videos out there uh, scrimmage, workouts, highlight packages for individual players. Kind of start you off with a little bit of a softball here, but who stood out to you the most just from the videos alone? Uh, so, I mean, obviously, I mean, all the videos, they're all standing out because they're kind of like highlights. They haven't missed a shot. They haven't missed a shot in those highlights. Yeah, yeah everybody's yeah, pretty much 100%. 100%. Ryan Young for three. So, hey, baby! But, I'm pretty sure I'm sorry, I heard I'm, there was I'm a few standing ovations. Then the first heard, three. Uh, the standing ovation was there. The first three that he hits in the game, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm losing my mind. AC doesn't sit until <laughs> Ryan Young gets a three. Pablo has the mic. Nah, sorry, Pablo. You, nah, right. you got me excited to talk Ryan Young's right, threes. You can't do that. Yeah, nah, y'all good. So, um, I just name, I'll just name one person that I really like that from what I've seen and stuff is a uh, Caleb Foster. Um, I'm liking what I'm seeing. You know, what I mean, he looks ready to play college basketball. He looks, you know, what I mean, he can take the physicality, the speed. I mean, he's ready, man. And I think that's somebody that's going to really, really surprise some people, you know, because I know like we talked before, everybody talk about Jared McCain in that class and they talk about Jared McCain, Jared McCain. But I'm telling you, Caleb Foster might end up being a one and done. I'm going to say it. (laughs) No, no, you don't have to convince me. And I know you don't have to convince D. So D, hold your horses, Brad. We got to go to the other side, Jack. I know you're a McCain guy. I look, we all love McCain, so let's just put it that let's put that out there first. But you and Can we also put out that we all love Foster too. Right, but you know, the point is, do we all love McCain? Let's be honest. If you don't, the point is, though, if you don't, we got an issue. Right, but the point is though is that it's kind of like you know, and, and this is a fun debate. This is the this is the the bar table debate where so which one do you like better of of the two? You know great players uh, that are coming in. They're going to both, I mean, fan, they're both are going to be fan favorites for Duke and fans are going to hate them on the opposing side. But Jack, you know, talk about McCain real quick. I'm, I'm with Pablo. I'm with the Foster to me is, is that guy. I, I think McCain's better coming off the bench. No disrespect to him. I agree. I, um, I love McCain's game. I act, I, I also think he's going to be uh, best at least as a freshman coming off the bench. Um, I think I don't know, man. I 
I feel like Foster's Foster just fits with that starting unit better. But that's no knock on McCain. He's a fantastic player. Also, I I'm not gonna lie, I cannot wait for the TikToks after we win. Oh, I mean, it is just going to absorb. It's going to be so so toxic. So much toxicity. Like, it is going to be brutal. I have a few few saved for for posting after McCain goes off. Get him. I I can also, I mean, I'm not going to, I don't want to state the obvious, but Proctor. Dude looks like a pro. Yeah, I mean, obviously the the, the that question goes without is, saying. right exactly. The question I know. Stated, I just no, no, no. To your point, yeah. the question was stated like who stands out to you. I completely agree. I mean, Proctor. Yeah. I mean, he. You know, AC. You and I have said this a million times, and I mean, the country off there, Jack. But you and I have said this a million times. Remember when we were at CTC? You already know what I'm going to say. It took you how long to realize Kyrie Irving was the best player on the floor? With the returning national champions and the out, most outstanding player in the final four, Kyle mm-hmm. How long did it take you to realize that he was the best player? Exactly. Kyrie, Jason Tatum, like the list goes on, right? Like, and it's the same thing right now with Proctor. Like, obviously, Flip's not on the floor, so there is that. There is that, but I, yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I don't think it matters much. I think Proctor is still the better pro out of the two, and he looked, he just looks the part. I, I would like to remind everyone that last season I said Proctor was going to be Duke's best player. I said that in our preseason podcast last year. Yo, you, you and I were, you were, I, like, that's Jack, where you and I were on the same page as Proctor, and we're still on the same page. Look at D. D, you weren't even on the podcast at that point. Like, don't even start with me. We're talking about Proctor without D. Look at him. So, Bro. obviously, I'm not right. happy. We got to let D cook. cook. Let him cook. Hold on. I wasn't even going to talk about Proctor, but you can, oh, I said on our earlier podcast that season. Bro, I said when this motherfucker was still waiting for his plane to depart <laughs> that he was going to be the best player on Duke. Yeah, oh, my no, God. No, AC, we're moving on from AC. that. He did. AC, hold on, hold on. What did I tell you? And I was I said that he wasn't even going to be at Duke because mm-hmm. unless, like, unless he reclassed, <laughs> he wasn't even going to be at Duke because he was originally supposed to be in this class. Right, right, And right. I thought he was good enough where he wasn't even going to show. He was just going to go straight to the NBA. So, D, I'll give the money back to you, but I was with you on that. You you weren't the only one. I'm not getting on the Proctor train. That's not even what I was going to talk about. But I had to say something. I was like, I know not. (laughs) I need to get trademarked. Anywho, I was going to say, like, we keep talking about McCain. He's going to be good. Foster, he's going to be good. Kind of different players than you, if you ask me. Like, they're different guards. No doubt. They'll have have totally different roles. 100%. But I think they will for their whole – basketball career no doubt um they can do the same things and they can be asked to do different things and they can probably fulfill those roles but they're not those players i like sean stewart a lot like his his standing leap vert is just like stupid yeah and he's quick again they only show like highlight real stuff on, on on these clips but um i would love to know like his standing vert and max vert because I bet it is. I'm sure it'll come out soon. They'll do the testing. They'll do the testing in uh, in August. It's going to happen. And Sean's going to be so good. I think Sean Stewart's going to be a grossly underrated and undervalued player when it comes to opponents watching film until probably later in the season, kind of like Proctor, kind of like Mitchell, where they turned a corner. But I, I I think Sean Stewart might be the best off the bench. Shit, man, I don't. I don't know that he will be a secret too long. I, I think honestly, yeah. if he's if he's doing what we're seeing in the highlights, if he's coming off those dunker spots, if he's if he's like leaping and adjusting in midair the way he's been doing, if he's making an impact on defense, which we know that he can do, especially blocking shots off the weak side and stuff, he's going to be a part of game plans early. Which I think you know, we'll see how he can adjust to that. that that's always a tough adjustment for a freshman when, like, if you come in like if you come in like Paulo, where you expect to be the team's number one, two, three, four option on defense, you already know. You're good. There's nothing to adjust to. But there's a lot of times as a freshman, if you come in and you're not a part of the scouting report and then all of a sudden you are, that can create some of that. We talk about the freshman wall all the time. All of a sudden now you got those guys who hit that freshman wall because not only because of the the rigors of going through college for the first year or whatever else, but also because now you are in an uncomfortable position of being a part of the other team's scouting report when you weren't before for the first half of the season. 
I'd also argue that he's going to come in and play second level guys also. He will because he's he got will. Mark and Flip and them in front of him. And McCain Ryan Young too. And, McCain and Foster are probably going to have to play against first level guys. Uh, quite a bit. I think Sean. Right? I think Sean will be in games at times when the first level's in there, though. But my point is, like, they're going to sub out when the other sub, and so he's going to be able to. I think he's going to be able to shine with the second team, so to speak. Oh yeah, yeah. If that makes sense. It, no, it does. I just don't think it's going to last long. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, it's, it's going to last I, about three or four games, and then when we when we toast Arizona's first unit, got to pick up him <laughs> with everybody else up. in there, and the whole world is woken up to what Duke is, and all of a sudden, then everybody's going to be a problem. So yeah, I mean, I think the, the the beauty of Stewart is that not only does he have the athletic gifts that will allow him to kind of just free flowly or flow freely, I guess is is that you know nobody's going to be focusing on him; they'll be focused on the other four guys on the floor. So it'll allow him to kind of do whatever he wants to do. And it wouldn't shock me at all to see that he is in the starter rotation because of his athletic ability and the ability to uh, defend multiple positions on the floor. Look, a lot of the other guys that are out there, while I fully expect Ryan Young to start the year, it wouldn't shock me if if it was Stewart, just because of, of those reasons. But Pablo, I wanted to ask you this. You just wrote a piece on Jaden Shute, and Jalen Blakes. Um, and the reason I wanted to kick it over to you about that is because based on what you've seen and, you know, obviously the articles that you wrote on Bull Durham, do you see them having a role or do you see them as just kind of like, like you said, it's like you, they have to outplay the guy in front of them to, to be able to, to, to get any sort of minutes. Where do you see them kind of falling in? Obviously my feelings are, they're going to be glorified practice players to an extent and then get minutes when games are out of reach or foul trouble. Do you see that being any different? Where, where are you on that? Uh, I mean, it's hard to say because, you know, if this was like a, a Coach K team, we would know the answer. You know what I'm saying? But with John right. Shine being, you know, he's coached one year, we don't really know, like, how he really wants to, you know what I mean? Like, we know how he wants to build his team. We don't know how he really wants to, like, divvy out the minutes and stuff. And, like, you know what I mean? If these guys, I mean, they look like they're playing good. You know what I'm saying? Everything we're hearing, you know what I'm saying, that that, that they're playing good in practice and stuff. But how much of that is going to matter? I, I don't know. You know what I mean? They, I, I feel like they're going to have to, you know, for them to be, you know, to have some kind of role, they're going to have to outplay those guys. That's, what, that's just the bottom line. They're going to have to outplay them in practice. And, you know, whatever happens is going to happen. You know, John Shire, he's going to have a decision to make. That's, that's completely on him. Yeah, you see. And and let's be real, right? Like, there will be some kind of an injury. There will be some kind of a something where somebody sits a game out. Like, it, it that is, it's going to happen. Like, we, we already know that. So, to have two guys, the caliber of Shoot and Blakes, to potentially come off the bench as your, like, 10th and 11th guys or whatever, it's, that's nice. Like, that's nice. Because, because all the way through January, even February, we're going to play 10 or 11 guys, maybe not 10 minutes or anything like that, but 10 or 11 guys are going to see the floor. And then that that rotation is going to shut off real fast, <laughs> like real fast. But so if you haven't proven yourself to be a part of the top eight by March, then you're out. Like and that, and they will be a part of that group that gets cut out. However, they will be very valuable in those other times where we really do need somebody else to step up to take some minutes. Yeah, Foul and obviously, if, if, if McCain's like not hitting or something like yeah. that, or you know, and shoot can come in and knock down a couple couple trays. Yep. Absolutely, if we need a little bit of a defensive presence because the other guys aren't getting it done. Blake can step in in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack, I wanted to ask you this. There was on Twitter, your favorite place to be. There was the X, some, baby. There was some the, the X, sorry, the X. The X. Um, it's Twitter. There, there were some, there were some Duke fans out there that were sh- throwing some shade at the captain, Jeremy Roach. I'm not even sure where this is coming from. I think it was like one block that Stewart had of Jeremy Roach. Why Duke decided to post that? See? I have no idea. See, we told you. But it is it's beyond me. I don't even understand it. It's like it'd be one thing if Jeremy Roach didn't have a great year last year. He had a really good year last year. Like he's gotten him better every single year. He led our team to a final four. Without him, we don't go to a final four. And there are still Duke fans out there in the Twitterverse, the Xverse, whatever they're calling it now. It's I mean, Twitter. Just keep calling whatever. it Twitter. All I want to know is, like, 
Can you tell them to shut the fuck up? Yeah. Shut up. (laughs) Jeremy Roach. That'll stop him. (laughs) (laughs) Look, seriously, what TK said is right. Jeremy Roach is a very large part of the reason that Duke was in a Final Four a couple years ago. Jeremy Roach is very, very large part of why Duke was in position to win the ACC tournament and did win the ACC tournament. Like, yeah. Who hit the big shot? Yeah. Who hit the big shot? Literally, and this is no joke, in March, all you all you do is take whatever Jeremy averaging in season and add six points because that's what he's done. In yes. The year went to the Final Four. Three he went from in a row. eight points a March. game to 15 points a game. Last year, he went from 13 points a game to 19 points a game in March. Just add six. Do March people Jeremy forget... Different. Do people forget him and Big Mark turning it up in uh, their freshman year? Yeah. Come yeah. On. Another Come six on. points per game that season, too, in March. <laughs> the, the four games we played in March. That was a good four games. It was a great four games. It was a good four games. Three of them were. <laughs> I'm, I'm, look, I'm, I'm, it warms my heart not having to say anything because usually I have to yell and scream at the mic. I'm glad I don't have to do that. I'm glad we have five people now on the podcast. Yeah, we're we're good. Yeah, we're we're, we're all. Awesome. <laughs> I don't even waste my breath when guys talk about talk crazy about our players. I don't even waste. My, I won't even argue with them. I'm like, okay, yeah, got you. Yeah, move it on. No, I mean they're 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 calling in from the from their basement. This is not worth it to me. Um, mm-hmm. But any mm-hmm. okay, so I'm gonna open this up to the floor. This is the first time I'm gonna do this in the courtyard of this podcast. I'm gonna open it up to the floor. Is anybody that we didn't mention? That kind of surprised you, AC from three or anything like that in the videos. You already know what I was gonna say. Uh-huh. We haven't I'm talked about it right. I'm telling you right now. Like, do I think that Ryan Young is like? Let's be. Let me. Let me be. Let me be level headed. No, 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 no. Be who you are. Talk to him, man. Do I think Ryan Talk Young to is gonna take fifty-five threes a season? Absolutely not. But do I think if Ryan Young hits a three in November? If teams aren't gonna be looking at in February, like ah shit, we got to make sure we guard this dude. Now we can't double flip. Absolutely, man. Anything that Ryan Young can do, I had a dude block me on Twitter because I was like, bro, <laughs> I was like, wait a no, minute, like, what are we talking about? Like, like he was, he's, he literally was like getting getting the post. It was the same thing, like shut up, and, shut up and play sports. Like when, stick stick to sports or whatever. It was like stick to the post, Ryan. It's like shut up. <laughs> like, and I wouldn't even be mean to him. I was like, come on, man. Like you wouldn't take somebody who can stretch the floor. Block. It's all about spacing, man. <laughs> block, look. All about block. spacing. Right. Just space the floor. This team is going to be better when they can space the floor. And if Ryan Young can be a part of that equation, give it to me. Because everybody complained about Ryan last year and how he offered nothing but pump fakes, all right? Even though he By rebounded way, at an elite level, offensive rebounded at an historic level at Duke, everything else, he sucks. All right, cool. But he, you're going to be loving him if he's hitting threes. Especially when that first one drops, you won't be able to tell me anything when that first one drops. I'm telling you right now. I'm going to be on spaces wilding. He's a phenomenal wilding. passer of the ball for a big man at the Absolutely. top. Yeah. I mean, not, not only that, phenomenal passer. Not, not only that, but Jack, I mean, I know that you have all the stats on this, you know, since Leitner, whoever it was, Ryan Young was the best. But, you know, to be honest with you, though, when, when we brought him in, you know, the expectation was 10 to 15 minutes. You know, that's all we needed from him. He exceeded, excited expectations. Now. He, he exceeded expectations last year. So go ahead, Jack. Like, what do you want to say about Ryan Young, the the three point specialist? The sniper, the sniper, man, myth, the legend. I I think look, I'm I'm high on Ryan Young just because of the value he provides off the court. Honestly, I think he's he's really good with that. Um, that being said, I think he's going to need to hit more than a couple threes in November to get guarded out there. Unfortunately, <laughs> that may be whatever, Jack. As, look, <laughs> whatever, Jack. I'm here to temper expectations, make them more Look, you guys there? forget Don't that Marquise, you, you forget that Marquise Bolden. Marquise Bolden hit some threes in November. Ryan <laughs> Ryan Young's going to have to do more than that. Javin Delario hit a three in February and wasn't getting guarded on the perimeter. Stop. No, stop. Stop it. Stop. Stop. <laughs> stop it. Stop. said Ryan Young is the second coming of Steph Curry. The second coming of Steph Curry Real quick, Way bigger. one of the other things I want to address, because people were saying the same thing too, like, oh, well, he's just filling in for Flip. He's just doing what Flip would do. That's Top of the key is not where they get Flip shots. They get Flip shots off the wing, off that baseline side. They get them on the move. They don't just get them standing still at the top of the key. That's not something that Flip does. That's not part of his offensive arsenal. So, no, he's not getting the shots that – he's not taking Flip shot 
That's not what's happening there. In those videos you're seeing, that is not those are not the plays that are run for flip. Those plays are being run for Brian Young, I'm telling you right now. They're not being run for him. He's just wide open as a result of They're being the run collapsing. for the sniper. If you got a yeah. sniper on your team, Ryan, you run plays for that sniper. Ryan Young <laughs> is going to be the Matt Jones, the Emil Jefferson. He's going <laughs> to be that guy. Let's he's going to be both of them? I see. Bravo, Bravo, I can't he's going to be one of those guys. The three-point shooting of Matt one Jones. Of Let's guys. go, baby. You hear me say all the, the time, be a player. threat, be a threat. He's going to be in the elbow, yes. and somebody's just going to sling it to him in crunch time. He's going to splash Whoa. one to go up for. Uh, we're going to close this one out, Pablo. Can you talk some sense into these guys? I mean, no, I can't talk any sense into them. But nope. No, nope. so, I mean, he might hit some threes and stuff. I, I don't anticipate that it's going to be like, you know, he's not going to be shooting Two, three, three, th- two or three three pointers a game. That's not going to happen. That's how I started this thing off, by the way. I think Pablo, let me ask you a question. If he's open, shoot it. Hold on, Pablo, let me ask you a question. If I set the over under right now on four and a half made threes on this season for Ryan Young, would you take the over or the under? Over, over, over. Hold on, Pablo. I, I, man. For made threes, I'd probably, I'd probably say I'll take the under, man. Ooh-wee. Me too. I would take the under. <laughs> to the moon, baby, let's go. Ooh, both of you lost. You should have set that right number there. at fourteen and a half for me. <laughs> I mean, I hear you. I mean, let's be real about it. I hear you. I hear you, Dustin. I mean, I, I, I get it. Like you know, if you open shoot it, that shit that don't apply to everybody, man. <laughs> you it's know not. what I mean? So I don't think that that that's really gonna apply to him. Because yeah. I, find I can't wait. I think we need to put an inner Duke uh, five point play podcast. But Jack, where, where are you on over or under four and a, four and a half made threes on the season? I mean, I'm gonna say under just because we haven't actually you, seen the shot form in a game situation. Thank you, Jack. So there you go. Okay, so that's three of us now. We will pick up bar tab drinks. At the uh, five-point play celebration after we win the national championship, we'll pick up the drinks if it's over. And then right. D and AC pick up the drinks if it is, if it's, you know. The other bring way. bring so, your checkbook. Yeah, okay. Bring your wallet, the checkbook, the check card. I think they're going to legit run high-low plays, like with a, with a pick-and-roll situation with Flip. Him taking like a dribble handoff. Ryan Young for him taking the him taking a dribble handoff, Get him. and if all the defense follows everybody else, and he's standing there alone, he's got the green light. Take the take the risk. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. All right, so we're talking about the Reddick and Bead pick and roll. Okay. All right. All right. So now we're talking about the Reddick and a Bead pick and roll. First, it was the Mark Williams special. Make Look, up your mind, buddy, and then get back. Mark Williams there, special is an open elbow midi. All right. So all I'll say is this: last season, money. don't bet again. Last season, Derek Lively took what was it nine threes. I think he took nine. And how long? Right? Single one. Different, different. No, he made two of them. Did he make two? Okay, fine. He made two. No, Ryan Young's gonna hit way more than that. He banked one in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sure, yes. That was either way. Short attack, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Set that screen. He's gonna take. He's gonna take that dribble hand. Either way, off. that play is going to be Watch. in the arsenal where Derek Lively yep. stepped out, and Ryan Young will also be able to step out. The That's other thing that you're 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 assuming here is that Ryan Young's playing enough minutes where they're gonna be playing close for him, which is just. It's past first Amen. for him. It's yeah, past first are, for him. You've already sure. said, DK. You know that he's starting to start like the season. You know that. No, no, I know no, that. No, no, I, I, I think he's a know great passer. So, so, so the belief pass. is either – so the belief that he loses that many minutes is either, A, the freshman is just that good no, no. and take his minutes, no, or no. B, he sneaks that bad to where he can't see the floor. No, that's 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 a uh, false analogy. Well, you just analogy. said he doesn't have enough minutes. Okay, let me finish. So that's a false analogy. So basically what I'm saying here is just because – I think that he's starting doesn't mean he's playing starters and minutes. That's fine. That's, That's fine. not true. Who's, and not only who's that, who's going to get more minutes than him off the bat? What? What? Let me finish. When he started, guess who's starting with him? Roach, Proctor, mm-hmm. Mitchell, mm-hmm. Flip. Absolutely. Guess who's getting all the shots? Those all four. of them. All of them. So we know that he won't get any shots in the first five minutes and then get subbed out. So he and might get subbed back in. He might get something. He'll still play that ten to fifteen minutes. How many minutes a game do you think he's going to play a game? Yeah, do the over-under on that. Just start, uh, just start over-under minutes for him. I think, what was last year, Jack? Do you know off the top of your head? You're a stat guy. 17-ish. Had to I been. believe it was 17 and a half. Okay. I, it, I think if all things equal, I think it would probably be 17 again. 
if not a hair lower, because I do think we have more bodies to, to throw out there. I do think that eventually Reeves will get some of those minutes later in the season, which we've talked about. I think Stewart's going to get a lot of those minutes. I think we throw, throw five. I, I do. I think we throw flip at the five a little bit more than people realize or, or hope, because we have a lot of elite guards, and I think that's why they're going to rotate them. Pablo, what do you got? Uh, uh, for the over and under as far as minutes played for Ryan Young? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. It's it's tough to say, you know what I'm saying? It's tough to answer those kind of questions, but I'll answer it anyway. So I think he might play more minutes than he did last year. You know what I mean? Just based off of, you know, he's 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 probably going to start. I'm thinking that he might start as well. And, uh, you know, they're not going to expect, you know, uh, Sean Stewart or, or TJ Power to come in and play that many minutes, man. Ryan Young needs, you know, probably, I would say, 22 to 24 of those minutes and the rest can can go wow. those other guys i'm in the same place if they're if they're performing you know if they're not performing he might fucking play more than that man mm-hmm. so it's all about what the uh because you know what you're going to get when you get ryan young you know what i'm saying you're going to get yeah, no doubt. you know you know exactly no what you get the question mark is the new kids you know what i'm saying sean stewart tj power you know what can they do what can they give duke and i think they'll give us some i think they'll give us some some, some minutes you know what i'm saying and i think that uh it'll probably even back out to where he might play about 17-ish towards the end of the year. But I think he's going to yeah, play. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with I mean, that. What, I what's that. It's about the same track as last year then, right? Right, exactly. That's but, what, what, sat, what sat Ryan Young last year was you had a generational defender on your team yeah. that you needed to get 25 no minutes a game. Absolutely. There's, we don't have that this year. There's a big difference this year. We don't have that. We have somebody who is offering something that we're lacking, which is post-presence and post-depth, rebounding ability, Somebody who can take flip off the five because ideally flip at the five is not no ideally what we want. It is he is very capable of playing the five. I'm not saying that at all. He is right. very capable of playing the five. I'm sure there's going to be times where we have him at the five and then four perimeter type players with him on the floor. Absolutely, we're going to run that style for sure. We'd be stupid not to. However, Ryan Young still offers something that they don't offer. And the big question mark here is Christian Reeves. Is he going to be good enough? This is really should this should be his first season. He was supposed to register right. last year. This is supposed right. to be his first season. I can't expect any more than 10 minutes a game out of Christian Reeves. I can't. And, and 10 is stretching it, quite honestly. So Ryan's going to have plenty of time. And, yes, he's going to be on the floor with four other great scores. He's not going to be the first, second, third, fourth, probably not even the fifth option on offense, quite honestly. But if he is there, if he is available, he's he's going to take smart shots. He's going to take smart shots that he is allowed to take. And if John is allowing him to shoot a three, then he's going to take it if it's there to help space the floor out. I'm not saying he's taking 50 of them on the season. He will. I, I, he will take – he will take 10. And I'm, if he takes I'm, 10 and he makes five of them, I'm happy. And I'm going to five times. Wait, 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 time out, time out real quick. I'm going to get to D in a second, but remember, the over-under was set at four and a half. So if you're telling me he's taking 10, that means he's He's going to make five. Okay. All right. D, go ahead. That's 50%. That's not bad. No, I yeah. um, Second best shooter I, since I do, Marshall Plumley. I don't think they're going to run sets for him. I think he's a leaner, faster basketball player. He's always been a smart basketball player. As I said, he's a great passer as a big man into the post. So that's what you would ideally want. Stretch the floor, bring him out, have him at the elbow, somewhere around that three-point line. And by golly, if he can shoot that three-pointer, then shoot it, man. And if you're open, I do. I truly believe that John says you got the green light. Go for it, Ryan. Yeah, Pablo. Yeah, no. I mean, I feel you on that, D. And I think the other thing that you have to factor into that whole equation is on the defensive end. You know what I'm saying? So uh-huh, if uh-huh. we're playing a, a much faster, you know, much more athletic team, those other guys are going to have to play. There's Absolutely. no way that Ryan Young can – he's going to have to play – those are the games he's going to play spot minutes. You know what I mean? It'll be less than 17 minutes for sure he's, if we're playing a Miami or somebody like that because he can't keep yeah. up with those guys. They just space us out. They put him in a pick and roll. They space us out, and he can't He can't recover. He doesn't have the lateral movement as somebody like TJ Power or Sean Stewart might have. And neither does Christian Reeves. So, you know, and that's what we were uh, kind of spoiled with last year with uh, mm-hmm. Eric Lively. He yeah, was yeah. in move his feet. So I think that's the other factor that's going to uh, play heavy into that is on a defensive end. Well, Lively was yanked from a game because he let picking uh, like backdoor cuts get yep. past him. Yeah. So but he, the message, that because but he got the message and then he started playing. defense. Right. That, 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 at least one thing Ryan will do is he knows how to play basketball. He knows how to prevent x y and z from happening behind him yeah so if if said young fellas can come up 
and and do those things, the little things that count on defense, sure. If it's 17 minutes yeah, a game. Yeah, the only thing I would say against that, yeah, that is that Wiley had the ability to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a difference between like getting benched with the ability and you're getting benched because like, you didn't see something or maybe it was an effort or whatever. But Ryan doesn't have the ability. <laughs> Let's be honest about it. You know, he has the smarts about it, but your brain and your body are two different things. Um, but we got to move on, AC. So I'm going to kick it over to my main man, wait, Jack. Wait, wait, wait. Yep. Before we move on, Ooh. that's where, when Ryan can't cover, that's where Mark Lance Thomas Mitchell comes in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking we of got Mark plenty Mitchell. of options. Speaking of Mark Mitchell. Well, he's Jack a professional at this. Look at him, Jack. I mean, I'm trying to set you up, and you just take the ball and go ISO. That's what you do. Caleb Love style, so, baby. I mean, I'll, oh, don't, don't oh, compare me to come him. On, don't come compare on, me to him. Come on, bro. Nah, Jack, I, I, would, oh. never, I would never say like, something like that. But um, <laughs> Thank you, TK. But speaking of Mark Mitchell, you set it up nicely. Um, he's on player profile for the offseason tonight. And obviously, we've already talked about, you know, you and I. Jack, you and I, our guy, the ACC Player of the Year, Tyrese Proctor. We talked about him last episode. Um, Mark Mitchell, where do you see him? Let's just start with stats. I don't want to just do points per game with Mark Mitchell because I think he's, he does a lot of different things. So just overall picture of Mark Mitchell. You can include stats if you want to, accolades if they are there. What do you see from Mark Mitchell this season? I think he's going to improve on his perimeter play um, and his ability to dribble, hopefully, um, especially in transition because he's he's a great transition player, except that he can't always keep the ball in his his possession. Um, that being said, he I said this on Spaces probably about a month ago. He reminds me so much of Lance Thomas defensively. I think he's going to be able to fill that role perfectly, be like kind of a help side defender on the rim and he can also be a fantastic perimeter guy and just kind of shut people down. We've seen that. We've seen it. He can block shots. He can get in the passing lanes. He can get in guys' heads and he can run. That's the big thing. He can run. He can, he can kind of shoot. Hopefully he works on that and his shot doesn't look like an even uglier version of Sean Marion's jumper this year because <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. It did. Damn it. As much as it went in, it looked like Sean Marion with if Sean Marion was a giraffe on ice skates. Um, Damn. I love Mark Mitchell, and I'm I'm really happy those shots fell, but the form was not pretty. Man hit a game winner. I was there. Uh, I know. You were. And he was right next to Kay. (laughs) Nah. Pablo, what do you you got for uh, Mark Mitchell? Uh, No, I'm just suspecting a big year out of Mark Mitchell. I mean, I know if you guys – you know, I know that he's worked on this shot and his form too. His form looks a lot better. It's not coming from mm-hmm. like the the side of his face and stuff like that. Like it's still, it's still, it's still lower, <laughs> yeah, it's still a lower release, but his elbow yeah. is a little more tucked in now, so it looks a little yeah. better. I, I know that's the same. So, um, I, I mean, big season for Mark Mitchell, man, and just like just like Jack was saying, man, on the defensive end too, man, he's a he's a monster. He's gonna be our guy on the defensive it's end. Gonna be a show. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be our guy in the front court that's going to lock up, you know what I mean, and even mm-hmm. on the wing. So I'm just expecting a big year from Mark Mitchell, man, I, I and definitely get drafted after this year for sure. Yeah, yeah uh, D, I wanted to take it over to you next. I, and the reason being was that, to me, the defense for Mark Mitchell is what's going to separate him from everybody else. I know that when Theo Pinson came back for his like 87th year at UNC, you know, everybody was like, oh, he's the best defensive, you know, player in the ACC, bar none. To me, whether the press says it or not, Mark Mitchell is the best defensive player coming back in the ACC this season. Yeah, he's probably the best post defender coming back. Um, I think Duke is going to start hanging their hat on defense, but, uh, to talk about Mark for a minute. Um, I kind of agree with Jack, like, and AC. It's kind of a double-edged sword for me that he was the most consistent player on Duke all season long. No doubt about it, for sure. Jack, he cleaned those turnovers up like me and you don't like in the second half of that season if you look at his splits. But 
I think he he gets a bull in a china horse syndrome sometimes when he grabs that ball and goes to the lane. Um, it's like he gets charges in like the most oppor- inopportune times or dribbles the ball out in front of him. But uh, from what I've seen from Instagram and you and YouTube and and Duke social media is he's got that elbow tucked in. He's got a pump fake. He's got a dribble drive with his right hand. Uh, he looks leany, uh, leaner. He looks shiftier. And it, I, I think, again, he, he will be one of Duke's most reliable guys. But Duke's going to be that type of team that teams are going to have to look at and say, who do we want to just let go? Because you can't double everybody. Duke's going to have, like, four to five dudes who can who can give you 25 26 a game who do you got to, who do you want to stop AAC, where are you at and I, th- I think they'll test him early honestly i think they'll test him early to see if all these improvements have have actually improved i think they'll uh they'll look at him and be like all right make him shoot with that ugly jump shot like make him do do what he's gonna do like make him dribble like we know what he did last year and couldn't do last year and like d said he absolutely cleaned everything up you go back to the notre dame game on february 14th Zero turnovers that game. He had four straight games without a turnover. Then he had a three turnover game after that. Two more straight games after that. Zero turnovers. He averaged point six turnovers to end the season after that Notre Dame game. So yeah. he absolutely cleaned it up. And that, that was one of the things. And, and along with him cleaning up those turnovers, which you also saw skyrocket, was his two-point percentage. His two-point percentage went up to 55% from like 48%. So it's a big deal, man. Like It's a big deal. That's a, that's a lot of points that he made up for where he wasn't getting them early on in the season because of a turnover or because he couldn't drive to the rack. His strength is the thing that I've noticed that really looks like it's increased. You can't bump him off his, his lines anymore. You can't bump him under the basket. And you saw that kind of towards the end of the season, too. He got stronger. He got more confident under the rack. But now he's added 15 pounds, whether that's muscle or fat. Who knows? He'll he'll still play next season, probably closer to where he was last season to finish it, 225 or so. But they're listing him as 235 or whatever it is right now. So I'll take it. But he's definitely going to get stronger. Like, it's just a part of life. Like you get older, you get stronger. So that's only going to help him. So test him all you want. But Mark Mitchell is going to be an incredible factor for this team this year on both sides of the ball. And and I'm really excited for his development because he's he's going to be one of the most important players we have. And then once again, just like last year, he I'm sure he will be overlooked by all the voters. I, I can almost guarantee you he won't make an All-American team and he'll play like it. I can guarantee yeah. you he'll be third team All-ACC selection behind four different UNC dudes that don't deserve it. I guarantee that's going to happen. However, when we're raising the chip because of him, then it's all good. Yeah, no, I, I think I'll keep it here with UAC because I think that that's the right attitude about Mark Mitchell where – you know, if you ask me, like, what his points per game and stuff like that, I don't think it's going to be a whole lot different. You know, he was, what, like 9.7 or something like that? 9.1? You know, like, I, I, I think he'll be right around the 10 points per game this year. But the uh, the effect that he's going to have all over the court, to me, is going to what makes it's going to be what makes Duke so much better this mm-hmm. year. You already talked about the cutting down the turnovers in the second half. Great point. But what I think is... If I have to give an accolade for Mark Mitchell this year, I do think he's going to be the ACC Defensive Player of the Year. I, I hope think so. He's that good. I think he he affects so many different player uh, different players that he's guarding, whether it's mm-hmm. point guard all the way to the four, if not the five, if needed. Not something that we're hoping that he does, but he can do all five. So I, I really believe that 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 versatility is going to really propel us. And then I love the point that you brought up about his strength. He's added strength. Added muscle, he's going to be a guy that you can't just push off his line. He's going to be a guy that you know can affect the game in a number of different ways on both ends of the floor. Mm-hmm. So love that for him. I'm going to do a quick round of robin, then we're going to finish this one up. AC points per game, any other stats, any other accolades. So in that last that last segment of the season that I brought up, he averaged 10.4 points a game, right? Still close to that 9.1 that he was already at. Again, the most consistent player we had last year. It didn't matter if he played tournament teams. It didn't matter if he played scrubs. Mark Mitchell was the same player all the way throughout, right? So, yeah, a year older, a little stronger, a little more responsibility. I can see him adding four to five points a game more from what he had last year. 14 points a game, give me that. Wow. I still think wow. he's going to be around five boards a game. I don't think his his rebounds are going to skyrocket or anything. Again. He'll have one game where he has nine. He'll have one game where he has three. That's just Mark yeah. Mitchell. That's the He'll role that he plays. Run. 
looking well, to run. Well, he's going to be looking to run. He's going to be guarding somebody's perimeter player on one yeah. possession, and he's going to be saying. guarding the post the next possession. So he's not somebody you count on for rebounding. So That's five right. boards a game is going to be about right. Wow, and okay. assist a game, one or two steals a game, one block a game. I think that's you're going to get out of him. But just his his impact all over the floor, giving John that chess piece to be able to put him here, put him there, put him over here, put him on this guy, put him on that guy. It's just that's invaluable, man. And you, you think saw he it last year. out of foul trouble. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't in foul trouble last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no okay. doubt. He only averaged I, like two point one fouls a game last year. He wasn't uh, in foul trouble last year. I'm just sometimes he was out of control, like me and Jack were saying. I mean, I know people said that on spaces too. I don't remember him having a, a, a bunch of offensive fouls. I remember him turning the ball over like more blind. because he got to he yeah. got to the free throw line and would turn his back. I remember him doing that far more than I remember him getting a bunch of offensive fouls. It was more ACC games where he just came barreling through the lane and ACC loves. I, mean, I guess, but travels. in ACC play, he, he only averaged really stupid fouls. Did he not Let's have a, a, a few charge fouls, Jack? Oh, he, he had a couple of those Cam Reddish type off charges. He had 1.2 personal but, but, fouls. Oh, the Cam Reddish thing, I'll say real quick, though. I mean, is, again, like. The Cam Reddish thing is like, he started getting the label of being an offensive charge player. Those were you, not. You know what charges. I'm talking about. Look, I, do, I, I know love Cam. I love Cam. I watched I know, him in high I school all the time. Cam, but, but he's long guy. But no. he got, he I got remember a that. In the, yeah. You know, again, you know exactly the charge call I'm talking about, though, when I say that. Yeah, That's sure. what I was trying to convey. Yeah. But back back uh, to it real quick, like I said, yeah. it, it, just to just to your point real quick, in ACC play, he averaged 1.2 foul, personal fouls a game in ACC play. So AC, nothing happened in ACC play that spiked. He, he's, again, the same player that he was all season. And to have somebody that good at defense and they're only averaging 1.2 personal fouls a game, that's pretty sick. That's pretty impressive. Shane Battier averaged two and a half fouls a game. That's the best defender of all time. So that's pretty good. No doubt. All right. So, D, I'll go to you next. Just quick. Here we go. Points per game. Any accolades? Any other stats that you want to throw out there for Mark Mitchell? For Mark? No. Um, I think he's going to be pretty much on par. We He's going to be bigger, faster, stronger. Just out of being in a program for an extra year. Uh, I think he's going to be a little smarter decision-making wise. He won't turn his back to the defenders as much. But, you know, I think everybody who stayed is going to be a little bit faster and quicker. Just like Ryan Young might be a little bit faster and quicker. Uh, uh, Pablo, what do you got for Mark Mitchell's uh, stats, accolades, anything like that? So I'll give him uh, 13 to 15 points and about Seven rebounds. I'll give him seven rebounds if he's playing the four a lot. If he's playing the three and staying on the wing for the most part of the season, I, I would probably say about four or five rebounds, thir- uh, 13 and five, something like that. Yeah. So. All right, Jack, what do you got? I think he's going to like be a little, little bit elevated over last year. I think he's going to be around 9.8 points per game, around 6.2 rebounds. Uh, assists don't really matter with him. If we're being completely honest, he he's going to get yeah. some here and there, but that's not a big facet of yeah. his game. I think we're looking at around two steals and maybe a little bit short of one block per game. Um, I think his shooting percentages are going to go up. I think he's going to shoot probably he's going to shoot. I think probably around thirty-seven percent from three, but it's not going to be on the volume you'd expect of a thirty-seven percent three-point shooter. I think if Duke puts him up for ACC Defensive Player of the Year, he'll get some votes. I think he'll be ACC all defense. That being said, it could be Proctor that Duke puts up from uh, yeah. mm-hmm. Defensive Player of the Year. I think it will be. I'm not going to say yeah. either way who's going to win that because it depends who gets nominated. But if Mark gets the nomination from Duke, he's going he's gonna to get at least a few votes. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I think that... Uh, that's a great point that you bring up who they nominate. And I hate that that is the criteria that it is, but it's, it's the right way to frame it. Um, I do think that, as I said before, a million times over, I think Prather will be the ACC player of the year. So I do think that Duke will nominate Mark Mitchell for the ACC defensive player of the year. And I do think he's going to win it. I think we're going to do a clean, clean sweep. Foster will be the rookie of the year. Mark Mitchell will be the defensive player of the year. And Proctor will be the ACC Player of the Year. I do like the stats that Jack has. So I'm going to mirror those. Speaking of the mirror, I already told you about AC. Love the mirror. But, you know, we looked in the mirror, AC. We're ready to roll. We got a lot of things that we're looking for. 
in the coming months. We got a lot of things we go for. D, I know you love it. You're already, you're jacked up. You're jacked I'm up. Hogwarts, check them out on Goldgum. No, PC's nothing. Ready's got them all in, in, in the block, but we're ready to roll. Jack, you already know where he's at. At Duke.MVP on Instagram, the most followed Duke fan page out there. And you know where to find us, AC, on Five Point Play Podcast. Yes, sir. We have a lot of stuff coming up. Let's go, Duke. Let's go, Duke. Go Duke. Let's go, Duke. <laughs> hey, guys. Thanks for checking out the Five Point Play Podcast. Like, comment, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And now on YouTube. Also, check us out on Twitter and on Instagram, Five Point Play Podcast. Let's go, Duke.